Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am Finch. And I'm Kayla. And we are back. We are we were on a bit of a hiatus there. We both like ran into shitstorm central right about the same time. Um Kayla down in Tampa Bay had a hurricane coming at her face hole and I ended up with a colon issue and had surgery and ended up in hospital for a while but we are back and ready to be better than ever. How are you Kayla? I'm doing wonderful. The The hurricane didn't really hit me too crazy. I just got some branches on the ground as for how I'm doing personally just got my hair did so I'm feeling great switched out the black for some red a little bit more accurate for the rogue look now so I'm really excited uh, for the Halloween season coming up Um, I'm also getting the printers up and running again Uh, they are work in progress that will be tuned into maybe tomorrow but doing wonderful Uh, how are you doing Finch after everything I'm I'm doing great I'm very happy that the hurricane issue turned out the way it did because it initially looked like it was coming like straight at you and then it swung south and I'm not saying I'm happy that other people got it but I'm glad you came out of it okay um I'm doing well I'm on the mend uh you know I'm still gonna be you know off work for probably another two three weeks yet um but I was happy that I reached the point that I was able to sit down to the microphone and start doing this again. Um, As a side note to people listening, I definitely want to uh, say thank you. There are a lot of people in the community and even like fans of the podcast who reached out to me, well wishes, all those kind of things. Thank you so much. Um, You guys are incredible. I appreciate it. Um, And you know how it is with like being a part of this community. It was something that a year ago, I probably never could have called. You know what I mean? Um, Because it was, it's just been under a year since I've been into this community and you know it's times like that that i think they show just how you know wonderful and what a caring and loving community it is that being said you found an absolutely wonderful member of the community to be on this episode someone i had not met didn't know anything about so you were like hey you have to check this badass out and so we just got done recording the podcast so i want you uh to tell the listeners all about it yeah no thank you I, I did have the wonderful opportunity of meeting Chris. We connected over social media and then we got to sit down and we got some brunch together, had a couple mimosas. It was, it was so fun. And he is a wonderful human being and arguably, I think I use that word a lot, arguably, but he is one of the smartest people I think I've ever met. And you will hear that in our podcast. Um, the one thing that's really unique about Chris too is that he is across the board when it comes to being a creator, which is really unique. Usually you find someone who finds their niche and like really capitalize off of it, but he is all over the board and is really, really talented in everything that he does, which is really refreshing. He definitely is the jack of all trades. They always follow that with saying master of none, but honestly, probably is the master of all of them. Uh, and he, one thing that we didn't get to talk a lot about, which hopefully we can touch on in a, in a live stream later with him is that he's a, a tailor as well. And he's been getting into that. So, you know, we, we definitely dived a lot into talking about how he started. Um, math is super important to him and he's super freaky smart um, and was able to bring that into the metaverse, which we got to touch on a little bit as well, which is kind of a newer topic um, for both of us, as well as just in general for probably most of you guys as well. I don't think most of us really know a lot of people doing it right now or who are really ingrained in it. So that was really cool. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of great opportunities there for other people as well. Yeah, Chris is like a crazy smart motherfucker. Like, <laughs> holy cow. Like, 
Kayla had gotten to meet him before. So Kayla like knew I didn't get to talk to him at all until we sat down to record this podcast. And we were like less than five minutes in. And I was like, oh my God, like I am in the wrong room. Like I, I should not be in the room with this guy. Um, so insanely smart. Um, on top of that, just like one of the nicest guys in the world. Like he was so cool. He was so fun to talk to. So genuine. Um, I, w- I was so happy that I got a chance to meet him. I'm so glad that Kayla got to introduce me to him because he was just, he was truly a, like an absolute pleasure to have on the show. Yeah. And um, one thing that we also talked into a little bit um, for those who are watching or listening is that we did talk a lot about Game of Thrones and um, House of Dragons. So depending on that, how far you are in right now, today is the 22nd of October. Um, And we talked about episodes leading up until the, not the most recent episode, but the episode before that. So I think that's what episode six. Yes. Okay, so um, if you haven't watched up until that point or at all, there are some spoilers ahead, um, but we did try to be pretty vague with those even, so it might be still within the realm of what you might have already seen or hear. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this episode. It was really, really fun, and if you have any questions, feel free to gather them up. You can either ask Chris directly or wait for the live stream, and we can all kind of you know put our two cents in if you want to hit on any of the topics we discussed today. Um, and let us know, you know, in the in the comments or, you know, redirect our Instagram and say what you liked about the, the podcast or if there's anything interesting or new that you learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we are um, we're going to stop with our one on one yammering and just get <laughs> right into it because um, Chris is not someone with it. We want to wait on. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Let's get nerdy AF. Okay, so I will kick this party off. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. It was really great. I got the opportunity to meet Chris beforehand. We got to sit down, and that's the wonderful thing about social media in today's society is that you can find people, collaborate, and honestly, we had an amazing discussion. So we're probably going to be bringing up a lot of the points we talked about. Um, I had a really great time when I met him, and I'm excited now for Finch to be able to hear about all the great things that he's been up to Chris is definitely um, a, a very multifaceted human being when it comes to being creative. He's dipped in uh, his toes into a bunch of different categories when it comes to art. So today we'll really get to explore that and kind of his journey into cosplay and uh, being a creator. I like it. I like it. Chris, uh, one of the things that uh, we personally, we like love to ask anybody whenever they come on on the show is all of us sort of have a like our thing that started like our thing that started us on the path to nerddom or thing that in our childhood or in some cases young adulthood that got us into this path of geekdom um do you happen to know where that was for you multiple places um but for me um nerddom finally finally kicked in and was solidified as a like legit thing um in high school when so I consider myself to be like first and foremost a mathematician, right? So when I was bad at math, um, I got like my first graphing calculator, learned how to program it. From that point, nerddom went like through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. How about um, there and then sort of like into the the multimedia side of it, of sort of like 
you know, movies, comics, video games, everything that we then, therefore, I guess on the more uh, mainstream side, yeah, mainstream would probably be the wrong way to put that. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like, obviously, uh, math, engineering, a lot of those things, uh, Mm -hmm. sciences we associate with nerddom. Um, But uh, when we narrow it down to nerddom in terms of like, Iron Man, Spider-Man, those kind of things, was that something that was present in your childhood? Absolutely. So the X-Men, of course, were on high on my list, but so was Greek mythology. Mm. So for me, um, of course, me, I'm 34 years old right now, grew up most of my childhood without the internet. So we had encyclopedias. I enjoyed reading all of those. Um, There was an encyclopedia from A to Z that had Greek mythology in the back. And of course, since being a fan of X-Men and hearing about like the Greek gods and goddesses, I was like, okay, they're like, the X-Men of their time. <laughs> I like that. You know, and that's how I thought about it as a kid. Um, so I read books on mythology, astrology, um, parapsychology. Like I was always interested in various things that no one knew much, like around me at least, about. Um, so I had a lot of different like roads to go down, like nerd them, whether it was like reading, math, um, just being creative, just too many avenues it was just predestined and inevitable pretty much that's like crazy that you say that and I love that because I've held this like theory for a long time that when you look at um you know for example like the Greek gods or the Egyptian gods Mm -hmm. or any of those cultures and then you look at our like our society today and you look at our interpretation of Thor of Iron Man of Superman of Batman and that you know I think there's a very high possibility that hundreds of years maybe thousand years down the road they'll look back at our culture and look at like the MCU and those kind of things and be like, oh, that was their mythology. That, that, those were their gods. Those are the people that, yeah. you know, that they, they looked at. So it's really, really cool that you said that. Yeah, thinking about like Iron Man and Eric and Guy who just has a metal suit. They'd be like, everybody has a metal suit these days. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's Iron Man. <laughs> no God. They thought this guy was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like driving a taxi. Everyone can do it. <laughs> um, that yeah, that's really cool to kind of see the foundational parts of what led you into it and all the ologies that you know. That's it's really refreshing. I don't think we get to really hear much about Greek mythology and the people who are interested in that. And I like now with Marvel. They're starting to include more gods and traditional things and bringing other cultures too, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, we are definitely seeing that interest kind of resurface, which is nice when it comes to, you know, creative outlets and media, Um, which speaking of when it comes to certain things that you're interested in, what are your foundational parts right now in your life? What things take up most of your time in the creative atmosphere? Right now, um, as of maybe like three weeks ago, what has been taking up my time is um, Facebook uh, Horizon Worlds, the metaverse. That has been very interesting in regards to being um, a creative, like I'm just mind blown. Um, And yeah, that's like number one on the list. Um, Number two would have to be still 3D modeling, um, you know, making, taking some commissions. I have one commission from a friend who wants me to remake a 3D printed dagger that got broken. Mm -hmm. Um, So found the model online, just redesigning it, kind of adjusting the model so that the blade is a bit thicker and less fragile. So those two things are like high on my list of time consumption. And with the the metaverse stuff, I really don't think I know anybody in our um, nerdy AF realm 
who's mm-hmm. doing anything like that. So tell us a little bit more what that looks like for you and what you see um, being your future moving forward. So um, I stepped into it really not knowing much about it either, because of course you have to have an Oculus headset or some type of headset to go into virtual reality. So if you can imagine being in The Sims and everyone is just a real person, but I mean, pretty much like I think in this is I was never really a Sims fan, but I know you can like build your own house and stuff like that. So there's different components to, I guess, the metaverse. One of them is that you can build your own world. Um, they have very primitive shapes. You can build many different things, but the other aspect to it is scripting and coding. Um, that's the part that I love the most, um, but pretty much, um, Within the first week, uh, there was a VR company that works with Meta that like saw one of the things that I did, like with the coding that I did. And they were like, hey, we want to interview you um, for a potential like opportunity. Uh, So that interview was like on this past Monday and the follow up was like this upcoming Monday. But it's the idea that um, there are people who are investing in these virtual spaces because it's a different type of social uh, experience for the most part. Um, I, for the most part, love the idea of being able to use mathematics to create and solve problems that people don't really even think about, really, and for fun. Um, For example, one project that I'm working on right now, um, like I I made a friend in that virtual space. Um, She does psychic readings, like actually charges for, you know, and does actual readings for people. Um, so I'm making for her a tarot deck where, of course, you could just have like a regular, okay, I'll flip a card over just like what we're used to. But for me, I'm thinking like, if it's virtual reality and we have the power to construct anything that we can, anything within the limits of our creativity and ingenuity of mathematics, anything within that realm you can do. So. I have pretty much made like a virtual deck where if she touches it, two like koi fish will like rotate out of it and a card will appear. Ooh. And then when she grabs it, the card like flies up and like a pillar pretty much comes out of the deck and the cards pretty much surround like the user. Um, so for the most, like I pretty much wrote all of the algorithms behind that um, in regards to trying to figure out, okay, you know, what vector do you use to make a card look towards someone or, you know, tarot decks have 78 cards. How many rows would I need? How many cards in each row? You know, breaking each component down and also making sure I'm making like a logical programming system. Um, And that's just what I'm doing for fun. There are people in there, of course, who are looking for people to write code and want them to be parts of teams and whatnot. So there, there are so many opportunities right now um, that people are really taking advantage of that I didn't really know about like about a month ago, but that's the best way I can put it like into a nutshell. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. It's kind of like creating a video game in real life um, yeah. and then seeing all the beautiful art that can go behind it. And it's really like no, like limitless because you can have so many different types of people come in and not just, you know, a small team, like you said, it's a huge yeah. opportunity. That's awesome. And congratulations on the, the interview. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. 
officially the smartest motherfucker we've ever had in this podcast like, <laughs> jesus christ no offense everyone like, else but yeah wow. i'm gonna go um, um you need to be on the stephen hawking podcast not this one <laughs> yes but, can you see why i wanted him on now He's yeah, yeah like yeah, so yeah. talented <laughs> the um that is that is absolutely insane um i'm going to this podcast is over i'm going to tell my wife about it she's going to freak out because she's a coder too yeah. She's really into VR, but she's never, like, I think once thought about those two things crossing paths. Uh, but that is insane. I didn't realize that was all something you could do. I will, I will say that one of, like, of the, the different worlds you can go to, one of the most interesting worlds is called Metacord. And pretty much, you can go in whenever you want, and everyone, it's built like a courtroom, and it's also scripted so that only a certain person can be the judge someone is the plaintiff the defendant you can have lawyers get up they have like deliberation rooms a jury box with jury votes like they have everything programmed so that people can go in and literally have impromptu comedy and it just goes by itself it is hilarious but from the technical aspect of it it's just the idea of looking at okay, they have written so much code behind this and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so the coding aspect, if you have to tell her to compare to anything, um, tell her it's the programming is more comparable to something called Scratch. It's like a kid's programming language, but tell her it's that, I think she would be a, li a little bit more into getting into it. Yeah, wow. The uh, Now, did you um, have any like, um, I guess, technical or um, legitimate schooling on coding, or is that something that's just 100% self-taught? Oh, no, I, I, my, my degree's in mathematics. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And then within your, where'd you go to college at? A small university called the Clapton University. Oh, um, okay. In Orangeburg, South Carolina. Oh, okay. And then was uh, coding part of the schooling process then as well? Well, typically what happens is if you go to school for mathematics, typically you have to have at least discrete math and maybe some other type of numerical analysis course. Um, so you end up getting to a point where you might minor in mathematics. So it's really common for people with degrees in mathematics to have minors in computer science and vice versa. A lot of people with computer science degrees will sometimes have a mathematics minor. So it's so coming out of school, um, uh what was it there was c plus plus java like computer alpha systems like so many different programming languages yeah wow that is insane yeah. <laughs> i was You're just like, thinking when you ahead. were talking oh sorry um i was just thinking we were talking about like the courtroom i was like wow if if this is a reality like i could be doing if i ever had to do jury duty ju jury duty i could do it from home in like sweatpants or if you think about like criminals too, they end up just getting VR headsets and they never leave. And I wonder how that would, I'm, I'm super curious on how our, our world is going to change. But then I think about too, like, cause I'm like, okay, when it comes to phones, oops, sorry, that was vibrating. Um, like it changed our world so much and people, but people can take that. Like you can't like take a VR headset and go places and like bring it driving, but then like are people ever really going to drive anymore if they can just go do whatever they want to do and like have that social aspect like it's yeah. I always think of ready player one and it makes me want to just like rewatch it after this <laughs> <laughs> but like hey I'm excited to see where it goes have you guys seen the price for the the new VR headset the the meta like quest pro 
I have oh, seen what is it like fifteen hundred dollars what I know because like I bought my quest well, I don't know for like what three I had to buy a little bit more expensive I think it was like 500 when COVID hit because everyone bought one mm-hmm. and it was right after I built my PC for gaming using VR so I was like I'm just spending a lot of extra money but yeah they already pre-ordered the new headset <laughs> you need yeah. to do like an unboxing video and then like give a good review and it yeah. like one of the <clears throat> the biggest features i'm more interested in with the new um headset is the mixed reality feature because like with the quest 2 like right now they're they have some features like if you're using a program called gravity sketch you can kind of like put your hand up and you have like a black and white kind of um you know background kind of going and it's really fuzzy but the new headset you can actually see through it and like, if you want to model out along a table, evidently you can do that like on real objects um, and model straight onto things in the room. And it, that's just oh, one thing. Yeah, really, really cool. <laughs> so like, I could like model over this Iron Man helmet that's already existing and create a, okay. That's dope as fuck. And sorry guys, you didn't get to, um, oops, I keep swearing, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. But, um, Stop it. It's not rated G or anything. <laughs> but um, we we talked about how cool it is, and so many of our our listeners and people who are joining in might not know this because it was new to me that you can three D model in a virtual space, and so that's what he's referring to right now with um that application. So if you have a Quest and you are a modeler, or if you have any kind of other VR headset, look into getting that app. What was it called again? So one app is called Gravity Sketch, um, and it's it's a pretty really um, easy program to use. Um, you can get into it much faster than you can get into something like Blender, um, and also you can export 3D models from there to other places or in reverse. So there are there like I made a actual like a Pisces crown um, in Gravity Sketch, and then just 3D printed it and had it for my birthday. Yeah, that's so dope. And so maybe, yeah, so you guys can take it to a whole nother level if you didn't know about that already. When I, I got to see some of the stuff and maybe we'll post it in our post on like some of the things that he crafted because it was just so cool to watch um, and come to life was just crazy. And so you're saying with this new headset, you can actually model onto something that's already existing yes. in your real um, time. That, so that would be called uh, mixed reality. Um, some people with VR headsets, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, of course, they have the Beat Saber game. Mm-hmm. Some people have, of course, like a green screen, and then they'll kind of do what literally is mixed reality, where part of it is virtual reality and part of it is actual reality. So mixed reality is the next best thing, I guess, closest to augmented reality. Wow, that's going to be so cool. It sounds like there's so many amazing things. I, I think it will take a little while, but once it's, you know, some practice has been done and we kind of get the hang out of it, like it's a lot of cool things are probably going to be coming to the 3D modeling side, especially when we're looking at our shows, mm-hmm. the accuracy of, you know, some costume armor, um, you know, just in general, random things that we probably wouldn't have been able to create anymore, I think, are yeah. going to start coming to life, which is cool. One of the first cool places that I came across in there, um, and this is just the unabridged story here. Um, so got into the metaverse and did not know that people around you could hear you. And I was like on the phone with a friend of mine telling him everything I was seeing. And so <laughs> I was not expecting to see a lot of black people. I was not, this is a black guy. And I don't know anybody else who has a headset um, who's black. So of course I'm walking around on the phone 
And I'm like, oh my God, it's black people. <laughs> so my friend laughs, of course, but they heard me since they were like in my proximity. And like the, I had the volume down, but the girl, like she like, like gestured towards me. And I was like, wait, you can hear me? And she was like, yeah. And so that turned into a conversation of like, um, do you want to see all the black people in, in the metaverse hang out? And they teleported me, like they made a portal to oh, yeah. a world that is pretty much a black nightclub called Black Magic. That and like fun. it has literally like a stage that people can go on to, like if they're on their headset and want to perform like spoken word or things like that, or even sing and just have people sing along like karaoke. Like people just go in there and just doing that. And it's it's weird to see how far we've gotten, but it's just as weird to see, I guess, the difference between how far a lot of people have gotten and how far people are behind with understanding how a lot of these things work and like the concept of it. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. I'm about as far behind as you can get. <laughs> like it's yeah. just not occurring. I got we got two of those quest twos in my house, mainly because I got one for my wife um, for Christmas and then my daughter mm -hmm. wanted to play it so bad they were arguing over the headset all the time. So I just decided to be a cool dad and buy a second one. Yeah. But they can play it all the time. I think I've had that headset on like two or three times mostly to just like watch videos of like being in the cockpit of like an f-18 or something like that you know um but yeah actually playing any of the games or doing that virtual where i haven't done any of that now i'm i'm just now realizing how woefully behind i actually am mm -hmm. it yeah, makes I, you feel better i my quest is like one of the like original ones like the the quest s or something like that where i have to plug in the cable i tried to join the meta verse or whatever and it like it's like your quest is is too old i was like oh. yeah this a couple of years ago and i was like now i understand the weird iphone problem um but yeah i don't know i think i actually do want to get the new the new headset eventually but then yeah finch you gotta catch up you gotta get jamie the new one for 1500 yeah at least that bad boy she was literally just telling me today. she's like oh yeah the new headset's coming up blah 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 and don't forget christmas blah 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 and now i find out how much it is I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get a second job between now and then. That's, well, that's insane. They got the lease it, options. The, uh, the interesting thing about it, though, is that um, they are more so gearing the newer headset more towards business to begin with. Um, so they have like a lot of things where you can like join Zoom meetings with your avatar and stuff like that. They're really going the route of like having extending the metaverse more so people can see. So it's, it's coming out. Um, but to the point of having a second job, um, like I more so like sold a lot of my like 3D printing before COVID hit, um, made lots of money doing that. But when it comes to like, if you're a 3D artist, um, Gravity Sketch is one program. Another one is called um, Adobe Medium. Like if you have the Rift, um, the Quest Link, I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the Quest Link, you can attach to um, Adobe Medium and it's a 3D sculpting program. Um, not probably as technical as maybe like um, ZBrush, but still like if you're an artist, you can make lots of money with a headset. So, you know, for me, you know, I, like for me, it took me a while to just like really want to pick up my headset and do stuff. But the more that I saw that I could do, um, the more I realized, okay, I don't like playing games on here, but creating, it's just a whole nother outlet to just do things, so. Mm. Even if you're not like a 3D artist, I would still recommend just playing around with Gravity Sketch because people people at this point use it to even like make shoes, like a lot of companies, like oh. them out there and ship them out. Hmm. 
That's definitely the future. Nerdy AF gone VR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my avatar just doing the Macarena the whole time while I'm talking. <laughs> you know, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, yeah, what, um, so in that, as we like sort of like sidestep over, uh, what initially was it that got you into 3D printing? Was it just like a natural evolution of everything you were kind of already into? It was absolutely not. Um, I was actually taking care of uh, my younger aunt back in 2018, and she had like cancer. And while I was taking care of her, my uncle came along. He was like, "Hey, I have a 3D printer," and I was like, "I've heard those. They're expensive." Um, so he told me about it, and I was like, okay. That looks pretty cool. Okay pretty awesome. So when my aunt did pass away, you know, I was like, okay, I could sit and be sad or I can try to find a new hobby. And that new hobby, just ordered a printer, took it out the box. And I was like, okay, let's see how this works. Started printing things. It was cool. Um, the next year, um, I wanted to go to um, Comic-Con in my first costume. Um, and so I ended up looking online for models for the costume, but could not find any models for the character. So that's how I segued into 3D modeling. Um, and then from that point, it just took off from there. What was the character? Um, so you know how like some RPGs have different classes like priest and monk and stuff like that. So I was going as a monk class character from a RPG called Ragnarok Online. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. I've not heard of that one, but I've, I've played similar. So yeah, I feel you 100% on that. <laughs> that's um, that's really cool, especially with the modeling aspect of it, because it's like yeah. you can go on like Thingiverse, you know, or some of those, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can find like thousands of different Iron Man helmets and Maloners, stuff like that. Yeah. But when you want something that's more obscure, like something mm -hmm. that isn't as mainstream, those can be really, really difficult to find if you ever find them at all. So yeah, yeah, having a background, being able to model that yourself has got to be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, if you have one second, I can probably show you um, my Raven Bronwyn. Um, yeah. Oh, give me one second. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. And for a while, he's getting that stuff. If you guys um, want to check out this podcast on YouTube so you can see the visual aspects of things, feel free to uh, hang on over there and kind of see what he's going to be showing us. Oh yeah, that Whoa. is amazing. That is tight. What'd you so use for the feathers in the back? Actual feathers. Like, nice. like real, real feathers? Actual real feathers. Um, an ostrich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put a whole lot into this costume. I, I did bottle the sword too, um, but I gave it to my younger cousin um, the day I wore this costume. But yeah, Raven Bronwyn from Ruby, just as a gender bin costume. Wow. couldn't find this mask anywhere uh, so this is like my first good 3d sculpt that yeah, is beautiful. wicked whoa i love it yes yeah. oh yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> how well do you see out of it moving around at a con you can you can see pretty well i just have like red like like oh Pfizer. plastic tape or something over it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so chris have you ever i know you're you're into cosplaying and then you can talk a little bit maybe about what your your go-to cosplays are your favorites but do you feel like you know any kind of competitions would be in your future hmm that's a good question i don't think i would really ever do a competition i'm not i've never really been a, a competitive person i've just always enjoyed being creative um and just having people just appreciate the things that i make 
even if they don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> even if they don't know. Well, uh, do you got um, what all? Uh, I guess we'll just since we're here, we'll switch over to the cosplay side of things. Um, what all? What all characters have you cosplayed? Um, my go-to cosplay has to be Spider-Man. Um, enjoy wearing, you know, the body suits, and people love seeing Spider-Man. They they flip out. Um, so I'm definitely dressed as, of course, like the classic, the Iron Man, Spider-Man. Um, the Miles Morales. I've definitely done like the symbiote suit. Like a lot of those are like my go-tos. Mm-hmm. And you were at Dragon Con, and we missed you. <laughs> yes, yeah. I definitely went as Miles Morales one day. Uh, another day, I went as um, Captain America, the newer one. Um, and I think I don't think I did a third costume, but I did have like for like the bunny party the bunny party um me and my friends we dressed up we didn't actually get into the party but um we all were dressed in our robes and bunny outfits to went to another party but that was like a dragon ball z type um robe with like some sorts shorts that i made so nice yeah that sucks we missed you that's like the amount of people that i think kayla and i have met who were Mm -hmm. at dragon con that we met post dragon con like yeah. via social media and stuff like that. It's like, oh man, I, that would have been so much cooler if we could have bumped into you there. That would have been that would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you got any uh, future ones you want to do? So future ones that we have on the list as my group of friends. Um, definitely going to DreamCon um, next year. Um, and I, from what I understand, it's a really new um, new con. Um, mainly black. Um, it's going to be in Arlington, Texas, okay. but I've never been to a black con before, so it should be really interesting. Um, food will be better. What's that? I said the food will be better. Uh, I don't <laughs> expect yet. just yet. I just want to go there and see how it is, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have lots and lots of fun. I'm considering going to Holiday Matsuri um, in December. Uh, don't know just yet. Um, Where, where is that one? That's going to be, I think, in Orlando. Okay, gotcha. Oh yeah, I remember you talked about that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know we're planning going to WonderCon in March, and are you are you thinking about maybe going to um, is it MegaCon? I think that's also in Orlando. For I've not, I've not been to MegaCon before. Um, when is that? Do you know? It's in March, and it's at. Should I bring out my clicky clicky keyboard? Yeah, she's got a keyboard of like a 1980s travel agent. It's hilarious. Listen to this thing. Oh, sorry. I'm too fast. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Let's see. Um, okay, so that's 2021. 2023. Um, March 30th through April 2nd. So that's at the very end of March. March. <laughs> <laughs> I might consider going and see if my friends would be up for it. It tends to be a pretty big one, um, depending on because I think that's the one the same week and as Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And we're going to WonderCon. But um, depending on what my life looks like, I would like to go to that one if I don't end up going to Kansas City, mm-hmm. depending on what my, my wallet looks like. So I think I, th- that. I think that's the weekend after WonderCon because that's the same weekend as c2e2 and that's in chicago and that's the weekend after wondercon 
Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. So I'm probably, they put everything in March, which I understand because they're competing against each other, but also I'm like, everyone could get all of my money if they just worked together. <laughs> <laughs> I could just jump from one to the other, but no. <laughs> That is, uh, oh God, that's going to be, it's going to be a rough, be a rough one. Um, cons are like the best. Like we've, we, Kayla and I have done cons in the past, but Dragon Con was our first one together. It was actually yeah. like after like meeting each other and becoming friends and starting a podcast together, like Dragon Con was where we actually met in real life for the first yeah. time, you know? Um, yeah. And that was, that was such an amazing experience when we were like addicted to it. Like we just can't wait to get to the next con, On the you know high. what I mean? Right. <laughs> Yeah, we were supposed to go to New York City Comic Con at the beginning of October, but I ended up having emergency surgery and then ended up in hospital for a long time. So we didn't get to go. So that sucked. So now we're just like both staring at WonderCon on the map, like mm -hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel. Just, you know what I mean? Uh, how are you feeling post? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not fine, but I'm fine. You know, you know how that goes. <laughs> yes, it, I, he has a wonderful dietitian to help him with the nutritional side of things, which is... Good. Yeah, you have some work to do there, bud. <laughs> if you do see me moving kind of weird right now, I'm also entertaining my dog down here. He is chewing at a bone that I'm holding. What, what's the dog? We have to see the dog. We have to know the yeah. dog's name. That's like a oh, rule on this podcast. Feature on the dog. Um, hold on. So, this, this is the best part. All right. This is Snow. Whoa. Oh, my God. Hi, baby. The name's from Game of Thrones, right? No, no. It's just oh. good. Like the snow. color of the fur, duh. Oh no! Well, there was a dire wolf that was that color in Game of Thrones. It was Jon Snow's dog. Jon yeah. Snow's dire wolf. His name was it, Ghost. It, it took uh, my How sister original. a very long time to stop calling my dog Ghost. CGI <laughs> um, a white husky um, for that, like a white husky, and they kind of CGI the red eyes. But you know, a lot of people think it's because of snow. And I almost thought about maybe doing a Jon Snow cosplay one time. Just to, that would be awesome. That yeah. would be. You should. You yes. really should. I mean, pretty cool. They had like a uh, the bear sword. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The I Ravenclaw is that its name? <laughs> wow, I like that idea. That'd have you guys uh, have you guys been watching uh, House of the Dragon? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have the yeah. last episode. I need to catch up on. Hmm. Do you do? What do you think? Good. Yeah. Do you what like do it? I think. Oh, I'm a pretty big fan of the series. Um, I. Am not so convinced of a lot of the characters that they're that, that they presented us with just yet. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil anything about this previous uh, the previous episode, but um, I one thing I think that I'm not seeing just yet is maybe consistency with some characters. But I think we might see that in season two. I okay. Do. I, th I think that um, this whole season was just the setup for season two, and just strictly that. Mm -hmm. I've heard that from a we did a live stream the other day and someone else mentioned something too where it's kind of bland right now but the next season they think it's just going to go off the rails of just like like a basic storyline to understand the background some mm -hmm. trauma some angst and then let it just <laughs> let it go <laughs> yes Yes. And I don't, I don't like want to ruin a lot. And this is like one of the downsides we do have with social media. As I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and there was a scene, there was a TikTok that was a scene from the episode that comes out tomorrow. Oh, the leaked one. Yeah. The leaked one. And it looked brutal. And a major <laughs> character dies in a very insane fashion, which just makes me go, oh my God. Yeah. They're going to like, 
begin to go off the rails, I think, in the season finale. Oh, yeah. And that's going to just have you nothing but talking until season for two. For me, I unfortunately know most of, like, the lore behind it. So I kind of, mm -hmm. like, know what's going to happen between the season finale and the series finale. Um, I think they're doing an okay job. Mm -hmm. I think they um, Though I don't know if I have any favorite characters yet. <laughs> Viserys is mine. King Viserys? Yes. I womp, think he womp. yeah. Uh, the took the but I <laughs> I I really liked him. Um, you know, from the get-go, I was like when he made this decision that he did, I was like, fuck you. But then like he went throughout everything and I was like, yeah, maybe a little ignorant, but aren't we all? And he's still like good intentions behind it. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I was like. Maybe it's just me having a good relationship with my dad and thinking like <laughs> I can share a lot of that. And I was like, that's really nice to see because I feel like you don't ever see that really displayed in the media of someone being so protective and passionate about keeping like their daughter when all odds mm -hmm. are against it. Like it's always shows, especially that kind of show, focusing on the sons, which obviously we see in the show, but to have the yeah. one character, you know, me being a daughter myself, it just really kind of hit to home and it made me feel really good. And I I, I really like the guy despite mm -hmm. his first action. Mm. We all make mistakes. <laughs> that was a big one though. For some reason, like, I don't think that that was supposed to happen in that way. Um, and that they probably just put that in for dramatic effect like they did a couple other things. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold him to that just yet. Right. Yeah. I feel like where his focus on that dream was really, really his like kind of driving him crazy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that probably had something. I think for me, my favorite is maybe his brother Damon. Oh yeah, mm, Damon. Definitely my favorite. Um, Shut up, kid. Mainly, I mean, at first it was hard. Stop to reducing human beings, <laughs> human beings to meat. Knock it off. <laughs> you no, know, he, he he was kind of annoying at first, but. I think the part where he kind of got my favor is when um, pretty much when Rhaenyra was telling him that she planned to be alone and he probably gave her some of the best advice that she probably ever heard in the series so far is that like, if you choose to be alone, that's a very lonely prospect. Um, so, you know, that I think kind of helped her in a lot of different regards um, with opening up and expressing like her own desires. Um, but yeah, just him. Yeah, everybody yeah. else is like it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I and I, I you're you know you're a little bit older, so you appreciate this. I just turned forty three years old, so mm -hmm. I look like a Damon Targaryen. I'm like, you are like the fuck around and find out Gen Xer, and yeah. I like love having you on the show. Like it, he's <laughs> he's so great. Not saying he's perfect, or I approve of everything that he does, yeah. but his general attitude of just like I'm not even dealing with your bullshit right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, it. and I know um, that's interesting you say about the lore because I know a ton of the lore too. Um, so mm -hmm. I know he that if it follows storyline wise, he doesn't meet the most satisfactory end. No. Um, your knowledge of the Lord, does that come from? Have you read the books? Um, I've read the first two, and I think I want to say that I can't remember the other one I read, honestly. It was years ago. Mm -hmm. I haven't read any of them. Mine's just like through, oh. I get like obsessed with YouTube. Like I go down like the YouTube rabbit hole of like Game of Thrones lore and history and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So that, that's I can get my easy too. I can get my head full of all would, this crap. I would suggest at least reading the first book. Um, 
because I mean, just as much as the show pretty much like hits different angles from different characters, um, the book, at least the first book, um, I remember very clearly um, explores a lot of the characters' dreams. Um, mm. You know, book one pretty much ends around the time season one ends as well. Um, Ned Stark's chapters, a lot of times he's dreaming about his sister. Mm. Um, and him, his sister, his sister saying, promise him and that promise me. And he's having dreams about like a bloody bed and rose petals. So for the most part, when Game of Thrones finally came out, people who read the book already knew exactly who Jon Snow was based solely off of Ned Stark's dreams. But I mean, it's between, it's between him and Bran. Like when Bran was in a coma, his chapters were in his dreams about the thread even speaking to him. Um, so you actually got to hear words or read words <laughs> um, if you read the books. Um, though, yeah, it, it's it's a different experience. I, I kind of liked the books a bit more uh, than the show. Mm -hmm. I hear yeah. that a lot from people. Yeah, I could understand that completely. Yeah, my dad's the same because he's read all of them. You know, because mm -hmm. I mean, he was a I mean, guy. He taught literature. You know, so yeah. so of course he's going to read the books. And he, he tries really hard not to be that. Well, you know, in the book. You know, and I'm yeah. just like, yeah, okay, and it's okay. it's really not a hard reading. It's a pretty mm -hmm. straightforward read. It really yeah. is. Martin George R. R. Martin was on some great stuff. Like when, oh, whoever yeah. his supplier was while he was writing those, yeah, mm -hmm. Chef's Kiss, hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> what do you got, Kayla? I'm sorry, we we went oh, off no. on like a Game of Thrones tangent there. No, yeah, I'm a little late to the Game of Thrones thing because I watched it um, last year for the first time. Mm -hmm. I was really against it. Not against it, but I had heard about like a lot of the stuff and I was like, I'll wait until I'm in better headspace. So I watched mm -hmm. it. I haven't actually watched the last season because everyone just told me not to and I'm just going to stick with that. Um, so I've enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't know what happened in the last season. I'm really good at ignoring spoilers for things because mm -hmm. I just suck at social media sometimes but um i haven't seen any spoilers for the house of dragon show sorry just blank there okay. um so i'm looking forward to you know hearing about some of these vague explanations that you guys just gave but mm -hmm. i think it's, <laughs> I, I like it um and now you know when you guys were talking about the books i'm a big book fan and now that i'm finally done with school i can read for fun again without hating myself so yeah. I just added that mentally. That's why I was thinking, kind of staring off into space. I'm going to add that to the book list after I get done with um, a series I got for my birthday. And then I would like to make a library. And so that's, that will be added to it. All right. so wait, is it the same? You said, did you read the first book? Is it like, do they, is it all in, oops, sorry. Um, is it all in one series or is it like two separate series for like the beginning of everything and then the Game of Thrones storyline? Let me think for a second. So I know that there is the first, and then I want to say a second. Okay. And don't, don't hold me to this. There are two books that I think happen concurrently, oh. but written separately. Okay, so just two different storylines, but technically on the same timeline? Yes, okay. I think that's how you would say that. Um, but also know that the series is not finished being written, but the books aren't. Done. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I Are mean, we ever gonna be? <laughs> we well, I mean, I think the first one was um published in like the nineties. I want to say, mm -hmm. like late nineties. Talk about a procrastinator! I can get down with that though. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it's really interesting because like the books are like pretty old, 
Um, I mean, I think late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and for it to have picked up and then when the demand exceeded where the actual books were written then the HBO directors pretty much were like, hey, we'll finish it off and do this what looks cool instead of consistent. And that's why they say, that's why they said don't like finish the series because um, a lot of things that were supposed to happen did not happen. And a lot of things that did not happen yeah, a lot of it didn't make sense. Yeah. Well, good. Then I'll stick yeah. with my guns and just skip it. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, it's one of the, you know, in all honesty, you could watch it mm-hmm. because you can now because you have lowered expectations. Like if yeah. you were along with the rest of us on the way the second to last season ended, that was so insanely epic that you were just so like full speed ahead for where the storyline was going and for mm-hmm. it to falter so poorly like having the lowered expectations ahead of time i think you'll be fine at least then you see like okay this is this is how it ended um yeah it was it was very upsetting Uh, we'll just put it that way Mm -hmm. i can can only imagine being a part of the group that was watching it in real time like every single week waiting for it to come out like Mm -hmm. i would have probably shit myself of anger be like right did did you um did you ever watch blood true blood yes yes that was but it's funny you mentioned that because that was also (laughs) the last season of that it's um i was watching it independently like long after it came out and then um ended up doing the real-time thing until the last season and i like Mm -hmm. life happened and whatever and i haven't watched the last season of it but i heard it went to shit sorry Uh, again that's why i brought it up because um yeah it's just i don't know it just fell apart suck with last seasons hbo come on guys y'all don't I mean, know how to have a good ending or a bad or I mean, a great bad i think that, that's that's a joke sometimes i think with some anime sometimes is that some people don't end the show because they don't know how to it just has to keep on going until it can't anymore um supernatural take notes <laughs> <laughs> went on for too long <laughs> so yeah that's always a question of how do you get off of this train and sometimes there is no way besides just jumping off and just breaking your leg that's yeah. that's fair and you know to get the win of having a cult following for so long is a huge mm-hmm. win but you know i feel like i'm hoping that the audience of these shows can really try to make their voices heard and you know like put out theories or things that they want to see you know there's popular yeah. endings that people want um and then at sometimes maybe that's just better of giving it to the people because at least you can make maybe like 30 percent of the population happy versus mm-hmm. like everyone hating you mm-hmm. <laughs> well or just I, no no sense being made i have sometimes looked at like the director's i guess comments after house of the dragon and um there was one part where it was about like the the whole wedding thing and somebody died at the wedding whatever um one of the comments that the director made was that he wanted to give the audience a game of thrones wedding and my whole thing is that it's good to have a cult following right but when you are making it gimmicky it makes it really frustrating for art style of just storytelling. Um, I can't say there's ever been a point in Game of Thrones, anything where you had like a side character say, hey, do you know why that person's wearing a green dress? It's because they're going to like explicitly letting like, come on you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, I, I hope like the cult following is, it's, it's pressure to want oh, to yeah. keep people impressed. But um, 
I think I would have preferred not to have a Game of Thrones wedding. I don't think if, if it didn't happen that way in the books and if it didn't make sense on screen, really. Um, but I hope that they don't go the route of wanting to keep the following happy and focus a lot more on pushing the creativity of the story, a cohesive story, as opposed to just, okay, this looks cool, this episode from Director 108, Director 107 saying that she wanted compassion to be the theme of this scene. Like it, it's, I think it's too many hands in the pot, um, but I'm just going to wait it out and see what happens and enjoy it because I think the season thousand is gonna be really good. I yeah. think so too. <laughs> I we definitely. Dragons. Yes, we oh, got dragons. dragons. <laughs> we got dragons. That's uh, well, yeah, one of the things that my wife said. She's like, they're doing a lot of exposition in these scenes. I'm assuming it's because they're saving their money for the season finale. And I'm like, oh, I hope so. I hope so. And yeah, based upon the leak scene that we discussed, I definitely feel as though that's exactly what's happened here. Yeah. I mean, most of the, like, just, just as much as the first season of Game of Thrones, there wasn't a whole lot of action. Um, most of the action here, I do believe, is just simply going to happen in the second season. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that that's where they have saved their budget, because um, there are a lot of parts that I feel as though could have been major, but maybe I don't know because I'm not a director. But one thing I really would have wanted to see is... Um, What's her name? Um, the daughter of the queen that never was that passed away in childbirth. Oh, yes. I wanted I, to see her get the dragon Vagar. Like that would have been something I would have actually enjoyed seeing that much more than seeing the other kid, like seeing that whole scene with like, we haven't, we don't see where it comes from. So we do miss a lot of parts. Even as like with the original series, we don't get to see a whole lot with the Mad King. Right. Um, we don't get to see, you know, the original Targaryen, Aegon the Conqueror come over, like a little bit of that would have been more preferable than showing the king who chose, like that would have, I I hope that they explore some of that um, in season two. And mm -hmm. yeah. some, because yeah. there's again, a lot of meaty parts. Yeah. Yeah, for what we hear about and for the cult following and even that who, you know, people who may have never watched Game of Thrones and getting into it, like mm -hmm. they seem like badasses. We want to, you know, everyone I think would be happy to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what they need to do they need to do house of fire and then go back and do a series about you know Aegon the conqueror and his two sister wives coming to westeros yeah. and then we could do a series like a thousand years before about the creation of the white walkers and then we could do a series about and then a series about and a series about and i'll just keep eating it up like, we, just need, keep we, just need, we just need valeria that's just call it yes old valeria it. yes that that right there would be a whole thing we need oh. to send this podcast to HBO. Yeah, I'm already on it. George. We have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like other people, ours matter. Um, <laughs> well, we're getting um, we're getting about to the end of our time here, Chris. You got um, yeah. anything you'd like to address, talk about, or yeah, whatever? Hmm. Not a whole lot. I think most of my processing power has been like making sure that like all this coding and everything is like good for you know monday because i kind of want to show it <laughs> i mean maybe even start like making um tutorial videos as well mm -hmm. um, yeah definitely you know, that that would be pretty cool um and not in sometimes not even like i guess a tutorial video because i think some of the things i'm doing you can't really sit down in one sitting and teach everything but it might give people some ideas of how certain things work um to use 
to their own devices. Um, so that's one thing I might do if I could, it might sound funny here, but I don't like hearing my voice. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Other people love it evidently, but mm -hmm. I don't like hearing it. But if I were to do that, I would probably just not listen to myself or ask. We can narrate. <laughs> so guys, Chris is doing this thing over here and here, and look at how great it looks. Wow. And here's some magical smart shit here, and that's gonna be if, this go if this. If I were way. crazy, I would use a voice modulator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I see how know, it is. You know, one thing I will say to that is that uh back when I first started podcasting, like prior to me starting podcasting. I never thought there was anything wrong with my voice. I never gave it a second thought. <laughs> Till the first time I like recorded my first podcast, everyone went back and listened to it. We're like, oh my God, I sound like an idiot. I sound like I actually couldn't stand like editing the first like several episodes of the podcast I did because I could not stand the sound of my own voice. Eventually you just like, you get into this weird like comfort zone or maybe even Stockholm syndrome with yourself where you're just like, yeah, I sound like an idiot and you just move on and it's fine because mm -hmm. I don't sound any different than I did back then. But yeah. it doesn't bother me anymore until you brought it up. So I'm going to deal with that now. Uh. <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's a human thing, honestly. Yeah. We're not used to hearing ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. So it's gonna like, why am I hearing myself? I guess that's probably how my dog like thinks when I I'm talking directly to my phone at him. <laughs> Dog's like, yeah, that's you, idiot. That's what you sound like. <laughs> well, we always have that, I you know, because we always have that like. Uh, like Venn diagram of the way mm -hmm. we think we look versus the way we actually look and yeah. I think our voice is the same way we have like it in is. our head what our voice sounds like but then when we hear it like recorded play back to us we're almost like oh my god I, I sound like that yeah, yeah you do and you sound like that to everyone you've ever met and <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well um geez uh Chris I I personally I like I can't thank you enough for uh uh, taking the time to talk to us. This was like 100% an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you and, you know, find out all the stuff that you're into. Awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Like I said, I'm just here to talk, have fun, some tea and talk nerds. So absolutely appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yes. Thank you again. And hopefully um, what we do with these, we usually like to do a live stream like a week after or something like that. So if you have some free time, let us know. Um, and for everyone who's listening today, gather up your questions. This is a man of amazing talent. So if you want to have anything you want to ask him, or if you want, you know, he does some side work too. So maybe he might do a little work for you if he's not too busy with his new opportunities here, um, you know, reach out and hopefully we can be seeing more things from him either in the cosplay side, the creating side, or just, uh, we had a great time talking about Game of Thrones and the Half Dragon though. I'm sure when we do some of our live streams talking about that moving forward, we would love you to be a part of it and see what you're thinking. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Perfect. Thank you. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again in the near future. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Take right. care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.